Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for March 2020. This month, sex-specific relationships between early nutrition and neurodevelopment. Supplying adequate nutrition to preterm neonates is essential, as neonatal nutrition is associated with neurodevelopmental outcomes. Recommended nutrient intakes don't currently differ between boys and girls. Since it's been known for some time that males born preterm typically have worse outcomes than females, it may be the case that sex-specific responses to early nutrition explain this dichotomy. In this episode, we meet early career investigator Dr. Anna Totman, who during her time at the Liggins Institute, University of Auckland, performed a retrospective cohort study looking at the relationship between neonatal nutrition and neurodevelopmental outcome. Here's Anna. I grew up in Brockworth in the UK. All through school, all I wanted to do was medicine, and I made it to medical school in London. I couldn't choose what my specialty was going to be. But I was lucky enough to be placed in a NICU. And about 15 minutes after I walked in, I thought, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I've been so lucky and fortunate in that I've managed to continue to pursue neonatology, both clinically and academically. I've been supported by some really great people in the UK, in New Zealand, where I did the bulk of my training. My interest in neonatal Nutrition was really driven by the team at Auckland NICU, but also through the Liggins Institute and especially my association with distinguished professor Jane Harding, who's internationally famous for her work with hypoglycemia, but also Professor Frank Bloomfield and Dr Jane Asweiler as well, both of whom were neonatologists that I worked with, but were also fearsome academics and had really insightful and really good questions about why we feed our infants the way we do and wanting to know what effects that nutrition had on their long-term outcomes because actually nutrition is something that's very modifiable because we do it we have to do it for these very tiny babies they can't take on their own nutrition we have to provide it for them I suppose it's interesting that I think what you're saying is we don't actually know exactly what is the optimal nutrition to be giving them or or how to be giving it to them. That's right. I don't think we do. You know, we know that breast milk is the ideal food for term infants, but in preterm infants, very preterm infants, they often can't have that breast milk for maybe days, weeks, even longer after birth. 
But we know that breast milk composition is different between mums who have female infants and mums who have male infants. So if breast milk is the, the best food for babies, why don't we individualise our nutrition that we're giving to preterm babies in our neonatal units? And actually, is there something we should be looking at there? We know that boys have generally worse outcomes when they're born preterm. Is nutrition actually something that could be modifiable to improve their outcomes? And actually also, if girls and boys need different nutrition, are we under-servicing our girls at this point? Is there something we could be doing extra for them to improve their outcomes even further? So looking at breast milk composition in term infants, it seems like there are sex-specific nutritional requirements for neonates. And you're interested in asking the question, is that true for preterm neonates and what can we do about it? Yes, that's right. At every other point in your lifespan, your nutritional requirements differ by sex. Um, there are, you know, your, your daily intakes are reported differently for girls and boys, but we don't take that into account with our preterm neonates. Maybe there is something there that actually as neonatologists we could target to improve outcomes for these babies. Can you tell me about the preterm infants that you looked at? Sure. Well, this study looks at a cohort of infants who were admitted to the Auckland neonatal unit between July 2005 and October 2008. What we realised is that we had this cohort of really interesting infants who had been subject to a change in nutritional practice within our neonatal unit. The guideline was updated to try and bring everybody into line with their nutritional prescribing. And we ended up with a cohort of infants who had been fairly equally split over this change in nutritional practice. And so we had a really nice distribution of different nutritional intakes in the first month of life within quite a large number of infants that we could really drill down into. And we also had their two-year outcome data and their neonatal characteristics and outcome data that's usually reported to the Australian New Zealand Neonatal Network. So we had actually quite a lot of data that we could tie together for these infants in our cohort to try and put together a picture of whether there were any relationships between these macronutrient intakes um, in our infants and their outcomes, and whether they differed by sex. The primary outcome was survival without neurodevelopmental impairment, wasn't it? So what happened there, and were there sex-specific differences seen? So, yes, there were indeed differences. Boys were less likely to survive and boys were more likely to have some form of neurodevelopmental impairment when they were reviewed at two years of age. And overall, these became statistically significant differences. So 72% of our boys survived without neurodevelopmental impairment compared to 82% of our girls. And was that associated with an element of nutritional intake? So in boys, we actually didn't find strong relationships between the macronutrient intakes and survival without neurodevelopmental impairment, whereas in girls, there was a significant positive association between the survival without neurodevelopmental impairment and fat intake in week one. Remember that fat is the most energy-dense of all the macronutrients. And with girls, especially enteral feeding in week one, the group of girls who had the most enteral feeding had much, much higher 
odds ratios of surviving without neurodevelopmental impairment, those same quartiles of enteral feed intake seem to make no difference at all to the boys. It sounds like there are sex-specific nutritional requirements of preterm neonates. Well, this is a, a retrospective observational study, and I would say that it is hypothesis-generating. Um, but it really does raise the question, should we be looking at nutritional intakes in the first days and weeks of life by sex? And should we be working towards individualising and personalising the nutrition that we give to these infants based on their sex. We know that early nutrition is associated with brain growth and, and later neurodevelopment. So perhaps this is an area we should be looking harder at. How do you think these results should impact future studies of neonatal nutrition? These results should give pause to people conducting studies of neonatal nutrition to think actually, do we need to look at our results by sex and do we need to tease out the fact that there may be differences between boys and girls that we're not capturing? And should we be reporting our studies by sex? And perhaps not even just for nutrition. Perhaps there are other things within the neonatal domain that have sex differences um, in their outcomes that we should be concentrating on. We've known for years that boys do worse in neonatal intensive care. Maybe we should be doing more to try and change that. And maybe nutrition is one of the places that we could look. And what's next for you, Anna? Are you following this line of inquiry? or? Well, I'm a, a clinician as well as a researcher. And I guess having finished my PhD, my clinical training has had to take a front seat for a while. But what has become clear to me through the research that I've done is how important enteral feeding, so, so milk feeds, are to babies even in that first week of life and how they are associated with outcomes. So moving forward, whilst I'm consolidating my, my clinical experience and I've just moved to, to Melbourne, Australia, to, to take up a consultant post in neonatal intensive care, I would hope that I can do some work around how to promote enteral feeding in these very tiny babies. That was Dr Anna Topman from the Liggins Institute at the University of Auckland, New Zealand, and now working for the Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne, Australia. And that's all we've got time for. Join us again next month for the next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling 
all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gays wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.